This is Mission Disco. This is Mission Disco. This is Mission Disco. A conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mission Disco podcast, uh, where we try to share some of the stories of what God's doing around Ireland and um, some innovative, creative um, stories during this time, particularly we've, we've seen some of those things. Uh, and we have two guests on podcast today, but first uh, I'll say hi to Ross. How are you doing, Ross? Hi, Simon. I'm good. Good to be here again on a Friday afternoon. I heard you had a busy morning. Busy morning. I um, had my first game of golf in about a year and a half, um, but it's a beautiful morning here uh, in Dublin, so it would have been rude not to, and work is a little bit overrated, isn't it? So, yeah, I, don't, I, I think I prefer to be working than playing golf, to be honest. I'm not a... Yeah, probably, you know, so. at my standard, it's probably similar, but um, the, so, the social <laughs> aspect of it is, uh, is helpful. It's nice to actually be in the presence of people. Good point. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about young people and how they've experienced um, the past year or so, and then think a little bit about how the church, how we as the church, the people of God could serve people, listen to young people. So we have two guests on, but before we introduce those, um, Ross, how significant were, were older people in your life when you were growing up, when you were a teenager? Did you have particular people or was there particular things that people did for you or were around for you? Yeah, well, I think back, it is such a formative time, isn't it, in all our lives and, and particularly for me. And so when I look back that, particularly in my faith journey, um, I, I honestly think I wouldn't have kind of got through it without, you know, the support of friends who were in the same position and also you know, there was lots of camps that we went to. There was lots of kind of social things that we were involved in. And, and um, for me, when I look back, um, that was really key to have people to look, look ahead to, uh, to look up to, and also to have friends uh, alongside you. So I think, yeah, absolutely. For me, that was, that was really crucial. How about you, Simon? Yeah. Like, I, I think in starting back working in school there, three years ago, four years ago, I was just shocked at how much more difficult it is to grow up as a young person nowadays, just with technology. Like, I think a friend of mine got a mobile phone in sixth year, one of those just normal mobile phones. He was the first one I ever knew with a mobile phone. So I didn't go through school or teenage years, college a little bit with a phone. So all that technology change. And then the past year, I think young people have just been really impacted by that. So it seems like life is a lot simpler and back then. But yeah, I remember particular relationships, people who looked out for me, remembered who I was, remembered about my life and just showed interest, I think had a big impact on on, on my normal life and uh, also my my faith, I suppose, and really significant in seeing me form a faith and really try to follow Jesus. So yeah, I think it's important. So it'll be interesting to to talk to two people. We have um, Johan van der Fleer and Amy Carey. Amy works with Solace. I don't know what exactly your title is, Amy, Executive Director, she, CEO. She is the boss now, Simon. Be careful she what you say. Boss. I know, <laughs> I know. She is the CEO. Uh, so, Amy, you can introduce yourself in a moment. And then we have Johan van der Fleer, who works with Christ and Youth. I don't know what your title is. Assistant to the Director, is it, Johan? Some, I can't remember what you're... Some weird, unnecessary assistant associate, or I don't know. <laughs> don't give me a title. Please don't give me a title. It's more embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of titles, but maybe would you introduce yourselves, um, Amy, maybe start with you and just yeah. say a little bit about who you are and yeah, your experience of youth work when you were growing up maybe as well. 
Yeah, um, lovely to be here with you all. Um, so yeah, my name is Amy. I lead an organization called Solus Project. We try not to be Solus, Solus Project, um, <laughs> because there's some other solaces around that have stolen our name. Um, so we work with children and young people in the southwest inner city, um, so ranging from kind of five to 25, um, who are impacted by social and educational disadvantage. So um, yeah, young people who we, we run a number of different targeted programs for young people who um, need additional support for lots of different reasons, um, mostly just because of the, the communities that they um, happen to have been born into and the challenge that challenges that, that those communities face. Um, yeah, so we do after schools clubs, mentoring programs, um, and we do quite a lot of work with young people in the um, who are caught up in, in offending behavior and then the justice system as well. Okay, cool. um, yeah, so I recently took over um, as CEO in December. So I've been with Solis Project for coming on 10 years, but um, yeah, stepped into this new role recently. So mid pandemic change, which is always fun. Um, and yeah, interesting to reflect on, I guess, given the context of, of the young people I work with, I, I'm very conscious of how privileged my um, teenage years were um, and um, yeah, how, how settled they were and how, um, yeah, I didn't have to face a lot of the challenges that, that young people um, from some other communities do have to face. And um, yeah, I think like Ross said, for me, I think, it was my peers and, and having strong friendships as a teenager that that was you know the massive game changer particularly in terms of pursuing faith having other people who you're doing that alongside is is um crucial and then also yeah having supports of of adults and, and youth workers as well um was definitely yeah it's yeah, really a, important a significant piece yeah i think so much of the time as churches and organizations we can think the the programs we run and the activities that we run are the important but so much of the time the activities the programs really just give the the space for the relationships and yeah. how important they are yeah 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 and i think that's with all of the work that we do in Solis project we we always come back to the relationships it's not really about having shiny glossy programs but actually it's yeah it's the relationships that are the agents of change and that, that make the impact mm -hmm. yeah cool um johan you're working with christ and youth Kind of, uh, I suppose, Solace Project is primarily Dublin, isn't it, Amy? So, yeah, yeah. Christ and Youth, you're kind of more of a, a national view, maybe. You tell yeah. us a little bit about Christ and Youth and your experience. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've some, got some weird director sort of title of Christ and Youth, not quite sure, um, trying to figure that out. But um, yeah, we are national. Um, Christ and Youth has been going for about 50 years, started in the States and has done stuff globally, but predominantly in the States, working with young people. Um, we do resources for youth workers, for churches. Uh, we do missions trips for teenagers, uh, like short-term ones, a week or two weeks long, uh, all over the world. Then we do primarily our big thing is events. So we run events throughout the summers. We kind of try to create like sparking moments or points for teenagers and youth groups. But the idea is that everything that we do feeds back into local church. So um, we don't want to just run events for the sake of doing events or getting loads of young people to come to things. We want it to kind of foster and encourage and grow youth work in the localities, wherever wherever that is at, wherever they come from. Um, so we started here in Ireland in 2018. Um, the idea being that Ireland would be the first, uh, I suppose, touch point in Europe, as we are kind of technically Christ and Youth Europe. Uh, very, very big and official and all that kind of stuff, but we started in Ireland just getting things going, 
uh, and then dreaming of conversations of kind of raising up indigenous people in countries around Europe where maybe youth work is, is difficult. We're looking at like Eastern Europe, um, you know, and, and even like Northern Europe is from parts of that we're kind of looking and praying about seeing what God might do. So um, yeah, look, it's exciting. We launched in 2018. We had a great first event in 2019. Uh, and then the pandemic's kind of like sucked a bit of the, the momentum or the juice out of things, but we're uh, really excited about what God's going to do in young people. So just trying to connect in and partner in with different organizations um, around the island and, and kind of connect the dots with youth workers and make sure um, that we're just trying to connect in and resource uh, where we can, what we can do. So um, yeah, I think just for me, as I reflect back, like on my teenage years, I'm like, I so I didn't really have a lot of Christian friends. So um, I think uh, probably in my late teenage years, I was in boarding school and stuff. So there wouldn't have been, uh, I wouldn't have been going to youth group or that kind of stuff. But I should have been, you know, it was one of those ones I was like, oh, I should have got more involved in the Christian union, that kind of stuff. But because I didn't have like a lot of good mates around me who are Christians, I didn't really want to engage in that as much. I wanted to kind of like keep that, kind of keep it to myself. Um, but I think a really significant thing for me was a youth worker came to our local church and I'd be there on the weekends. And um, But he just started to, I was probably 18, 17, 18. And he just started to like, kind of like backdoor, you know, subtly disciple me without me realizing it, you know, like inviting my brother and myself over to play FIFA, um, hanging out, just speaking encouragement into us and actually like telling us, I know this is who you are and this is what I see in you. And, you know, our parents have done that and that kind of stuff. But it was, when I look back now, I really see the significance um of a youth worker coming in and just speaking identity over me as a young person which really actually helped me hold the line and stay away from things that i probably should have that i knew i needed to stay away from or wasn't sure of kind of the, the lines get blurred as you leave youth group and go into college and all those sort of things so um i think yeah youth worker what youth work was a really significant thing for me although it didn't look like having a bunch of friends in a youth group it looked like an individual investing in me Thanks, guys. Um, it's just good to get some context for what you're going to speak into. I think um, I'd just like to hear a little bit from both of you in terms of your perspectives of how the pandemic has affected um, the young people in your sphere, in your in your area. You know, we read we read constantly in the media that you know, with youth unemployment, with um, particularly last year, the cohort who left primary school and started secondary school, they didn't really finish primary school properly. They didn't really start secondary school. We've got issues with, you know, not doing the leaving cert and all the anxiety around that and all that stuff. It's, it seems that young people have just uh, taken a huge burden over the last um, year, 15 months. So, um, I'm just wondering, Amy, would you just give us your perspective on how young people have been affected by the pandemic? Yeah, just that small little question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be years of, of research into um, how young people have been affected. Um, yeah, I think there's there is specific groups um, in society that you think of um, when you think of the last year. And I think teenagers and anyone at that kind of transitional point, like you said, um, primary to secondary, secondary into, into college, all of those points I just think have been, yeah, just in incredibly difficult um, for young people. Um, I think as teenagers, we are, yeah, we're, we're designed to be, it's the point in life when we wanna be around our peers and that's, that's how we want to do 
um, life. And I think that's been been taken away from some teenagers. And I think that's been incredibly challenging in the in the context, I guess, particularly that um, that I'm familiar with and, and in, I think some of the key things have been probably like education is, is a massive one. And um, there has been, you know, there's reports coming out now and um, around the impact, the disproportionate impact um, on education of young people from disadvantaged communities. And um, the OECD released a report recently and um, that's what, you know, they're saying that the impact on young people from disadvantaged communities is going to be um, long, long term. Um, and, you know, that comes down to things like not having an iPad or a laptop at home to do their, their study on or not having a parent who, or maybe having a parent at home who struggles with their own literacy who can't support them or um, even not having the space to do, do work. You know, there's one family we work with who have five children under seven who live in a two bedroom flat and you kind of think, how, how, how do they get to do schoolwork? Um, how, does, how does that work? Um, so I think that the educational impact is, is massive and we're only going to start seeing glimpses of, of the impact of that um, now. And I think, you know, for me, school closures is, yeah, the education piece is, is massive, but the other piece, particularly when you look at, at kind of more um, vulnerable young people, it's school is their safe place a lot of the time. And um, school is a place where they um, have people who, who look out for them. Sometimes it's the place where they get their meals. It's the place where um, they have yeah, stability and, and, and positive input. And um, having that taken away for, for the best part of a year for, for a lot of young people has been incredibly challenging. Um, and alongside that also having other services and um, like you know, youth groups and a lot of other inputs that sports clubs, all that have been been closed. So, um, I know, Tuesland and the care system have seen a huge amount of increase in reports in terms of child protection. And there's, there's, I think, a lot of things that only probably in the coming months we're going to start seeing as things return to, um, to reopening. Um, yeah, some we're only we're only kind of touching the iceberg of, of actually seeing what the, the impact is. I spoke to a youth worker um, just this week who was saying it's only in the last couple of weeks that he's seen the, the mental health impact um, from conversations he's having now that he's getting to see people face to face. Um, so things that have really kind of yeah have happened over the last year, but it's only when we're when we're back and um, seeing young people face to face that we're starting to see that. So um yeah, I guess they would be some of the the main pieces that I would see. I think young people have also had a really hard um rap. I think you know all the talk about antisocial behavior um it's you know it's been shown that crime rates haven't youth crime hasn't gone up even though there's so much more talk about it but it's groups of young people that just you know are standing around in street corners because they've nowhere else to go literally um and i think there's been a lot of very negative attention on them whereas yeah i just have a lot of compassion for for young people and um feel like they have in lots of ways borne the brunt of, of what we've yeah what we've all had to live through over the last year thanks amy yeah i'm just i'm really struck i remember vivian who was on our last um, podcast mentioned about the the wave of mental health that is coming down the track and you know um for some of us we you know we're we're thinking of the country reopening and getting through this mm -hmm. and it's just really important that we keep hearing that um as you said this is this is really only beginning and um we're only mm -hmm. going to start encountering the the issues um 
in 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 the yeah. future and um and to be ready for that as much as best we can um mm-hmm. johan from your perspective yeah. what are you kind of seeing in terms of the last sort of year or so um on the in the context you you operate yeah in? so um i mean obviously there's the mental health things but amy's already touched on that uh, that is you know, I, I'm in different conversations with that in terms of youth workers and stuff. We've uh, there's been some really sad stories uh, of young people in youth groups who, um, you know, taken their own life or any that kind of stuff, and, it, and it's and it's really sad. It's really hard to deal with for the youth group and for the youth leaders and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, so tricky in terms of how to navigate that and those conversations. Even us are trying to figure out: is there any way that we can, as an organization, can support and 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 resource the area of mental health, but like as Amy said, it's a conversation that's going to continue on, and we need to be refocusing on it and ready for it. Um, but yeah, and other than that, I think for us, the I suppose to talk in the context of youth groups and and church um, and events and all those sort of different things. It's um, yeah, they're all on Zoom and they're all really struggling to get their young people to come on Zoom, uh, with, with the exception of a few. Uh, groups that are doing a really good job or that they're just but but where those exceptions are it's really interesting to note that there is already a real strong community kind of sense already inbuilt in that so it's very easy for these kids to jump onto zoom it's very easy for them to interact whereas for others who they might maybe their only touch point would be on a friday night in youth groups it's really hard for them to then like jump onto a onto a zoom call so um yeah, look, it's youth workers are having a hard time. Um, conversations are having, they're wrecked. Uh, their young people are really tired. Um, and, you know, it, it all comes across a little quite negative and stuff, but there is a lot of cool stuff that is happening. But um, I think there is this kind of sense of like uh, youth workers trying to um, just kind of hold on until like we get to the end of this tunnel and then it's going to be all fine again. But uh, the reality is that more and more they're realizing, okay, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. Um, but I think a lot of opportunity as well. Um, but yeah, like the young people that, like Amy said, they're missing out on, uh, you know, why are we the, the, the year in this generation that doesn't get to like enjoy our last year in school or go on holidays or um, why, 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 why us? And there's all those sort of questions and it's hard. It's really hard to be in that kind of uncertainty and unknown of what the future holds for them or what results they're going to get or, even you know what, what it looks like in terms of them actually being able to have a summer um so uh, for us we're just like really okay what can we do to put things in the hands of youth workers that's really going to help them create moments that are going to be able to interact with their young people and empower them to you know have moments where they can interact and meet with jesus so um it's a challenge but i think i don't know i think i'm answering the question there but um yeah a lot of what amy was saying as well as what what we'd be seeing yeah, no, I, like, I think fair play to the two of you and to lots of other organizations and youth workers out there who are going through, because I think, Amy, you said, I think that young people particularly have been disproportionately disadvantaged, particularly ones who are in more disadvantaged areas. I think uh, like my life is is pretty steady. Not much happens, you know, I'm old now. <laughs> but for young people, there's a lot of those transitional, you mentioned the transitional phases where mm-hmm that going to school, that starting the thing, that going to do the leaving cert. I feel for people starting college, you know, mm-hmm. not meeting friends. There's all those things. A lot more happens when you're younger mm-hmm. and missing those things are significant. Missing those trips away or your six-year holiday, whatever it might be, though, yeah. all those things happen. Um, I think that can, that that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really tough on them. I think it's, it's easier for mm-hmm. us. So well done for supporting those because I know churches kind of, 
know if they forgot young people, but there was a they were slow to respond, I think, and, and recognize how young people were doing. We, we assume they're resilient, they're online already, so therefore all should be grand. Mm-hmm. Do you like as you reflect on the year and as you think going forward, and Amy, you touched on it maybe when you're talking about mental health and just the difficulties, maybe well-being, all that kind of thing. Do you have a particular challenge, concern? kind of around this area the, uh, with young people and kind of young adults in the next year or two? Yeah, um, I guess I, I probably did touch on them. I think, um, yeah, I think there's the piece of, of re-emerging into, um, yeah, re- reopening and even, you know, just conscious some of the young people that, that we work with um, who you know who are already more isolated have kind of reverted even further into themselves and who've spent you know 24 hours a day on on video games in, in their rooms and I just think actually having to then for them to to, to re-emerge and to to interact and, and be social um going back to to structure and routine all of that's really really hard I think you know for young people after the summer to get back into a structure and routine in September is always difficult whereas when you've had a year of kind of up and down and and it's been chaotic I think it's going to take quite a long time to to get back into that and so I think that the the challenge I guess is um and probably a bit of what what Johan touched on there is is energy I think everyone is coming out of this maybe not everybody um but definitely a lot of people are, co- are coming out of, at this point in in the last yeah of, of what the last year has been are now we're just retired you know there's been a huge amount I think the first lockdown there was so much creativity and energy that everyone kind of seemed to to pump in um into their work and to you know, baking banana bread or whatever it was, but there was um, just, yeah, there was, and, and we as an organization had lots of, you know, new and exciting things that we tried. Um, but then when it came, and then obviously in the summer, we got to reopen a little bit more, but when it came to January and we had to try and be creative again, just the, the energy level um, on our team just was so much lower. And I think it's been a, it's been a real trudge for people. So I think, um, and for, for, for the young people as well, you know, so I think it's going to be, trying to keep um that positive focus and trying to to keep um energy up when we are going to be looking at um yeah a huge amount of of issues that are going to start emerging um or are starting to emerge but i think you know as i said we're only we're only seeing the start of that and there's a lot more um to come both in terms of mental health but in terms of education in terms of um yeah, what young people have maybe been dealing with in, in their homes and all of that's only starting to to come out now. Yeah, I yeah, it's tough when you're the one to, to keep up the energy when I think mm-hmm. everyone's much lower and everyone's struggling. So it's hard to, to, to give that energy. So it's tough on youth workers. Johan, have you seen any of any of those kind of similar struggles or, or do you think going forward or have there been even any stories of kind of encouragement? Have you seen positive um things coming out yeah of well, um well yeah if i could just jump on the kind of concern one really quickly is that all right whereas i i think yeah yeah, yeah. um I, and i preface this this preface this with saying like i i love the local church and i although i've got like experience in running like leadership and discipleship programs for you know for long periods of time with young people um young adults and stuff i don't know what it's like to be a minister um or to lead a church so i preface with saying that but i also i suppose my concern is when it comes to youth work and and it's a concern that would be there whether or not the pandemic hit or we were in normal times but the it just seems to be this kind of 
um, tendency in the Irish church, and this is a big generalization because obviously there's, there's incredible stuff happening with young people and youth groups everywhere, but there seems to be this kind of tendency to kind of look at youth work as essentially like this kind of holding pattern until they become adults and then the real work in inverted commas can start when they're adults. Um, and, and, and that's just not the case. Like the reality is if you want to see the church grow in Ireland, we have to invest in young people. Um, and they're the ones who are going to bring others from the community in. Uh, and it's not going to be, it's, it's really hard, like 50, 60 year olds, 40 year olds, it's, it's not going to be those who are going to be bringing people in as much as it's going to be younger people. And that's how the church is going to grow. And now obviously that's a big generalization and, and obviously 50 to 40 year olds bring people into the church. But like when, when I look at it from, go around in conversations I've had with youth workers, conversations I've had with ministers who just don't know how to invest in youth work. My concern is that once the pandemic's over, then resources and funds and all those things will not be prioritized into young people and into youth work and into they'll be prioritized into trying to get back what we had. Um, and I just don't see that as, um, from my point of view and, and my, my biased view, um, limited view perhaps, but I, I don't see that um, being a good option or, or materialized. So um, like that's kind of my my concern on that. And I do think there are there are ways to do it. And I think um like to go on to kind of some encouraging things that I've seen over like over this last year, we've we've put together some resources and stuff. We've seen resources from other organizations that have been put out and youth work uh, youth workers have been using them, but actually actively getting their teenagers to engage um in the local community. So for example, there's one group in Limerick um who a girl called Carrie and she's had her young people like just bringing their friends along to do different things and giving them challenges and different things beyond what like they would normally do on, on a Friday night or these sort of things with different resources either using stuff from us or using stuff from uh, other organizations around the country and it's been really cool to see young people actually taking taking on challenges and taking on stuff rather than assuming that we just need to kind of like spoon feed them all the time but actually giving them something to do and giving them something to interact with is so important. And like, we've been encouraged to hear of young people meeting with Jesus, uh, discovering the Holy Spirit, like, and actually saying, oh gosh, like I can actually have this as a daily part of my life. Um, and so for me, when I'm kind of looking at the landscape or like the spiritual landscape in Ireland, like you kind of see it as like, you know, uh, Simon, I think I was talking to you about this the other day, but I have this kind of like picture in my head of this, feel that's overgrown you know but it's like long grass but it's overgrown because it's been rested you know like a farmer will rest the field every four or five years um and i think there's just there's some element to which the land in ireland is has been rested and there's like there's something where it's like we're going to walk into the fields and i believe it's far more lush than we believe i don't think it's as barren um and i don't think uh, god believes it's as barren i think there's such incredible opportunity to well all these like new shoots of life with young people that um, couldn't really be invested in and practically how do you do that <laughs> I don't know we're trying to figure it out um, but for me I see I see a kind of a huge um, potential in that um, yeah that's uh, just to pick up on that I think um, obviously the pandemic a crisis always disrupts things and and um, and we lose things and we grieve things but it obviously opens up space for new opportunities as you as you're talking Johan. in in terms of where where because obviously your main area would be doing events and obviously you haven't been able to do too many in-person events if none at all and um, where do you see the kind of shift or the how have you had to adapt or where do you see the opportunities just looking into you know the future as in you know the next six to 12 months 
Yeah, well, it's um, it's a funny one because I'm like I'm a, I'm a youth worker, but I'm never around young people really, except for at events and like mission trip stuff. And then if I'm invited to come in and hang out a group, um, so it's a really interesting one for me. But um, for us, we're really focusing on resourcing youth workers. So where we normally have events like this summer and last summer, we're doing a thing called Move At. So Move is our event, but now it's Move At wherever you're at. So uh, essentially, so um, you can do this resource. We basically we film some sermons, some kind of different videos, some interaction stuff, worship, um, give games and like a bunch of different things, but then also challenges for them to do and stuff that, that essentially putting things into the hand of youth workers where they're like, oh, we can actually run like a, a little mini camp experience for our youth group. And we don't have to come up with all the content. We don't have to stress about it. We can do it. You know, we can take some time to do it. We can do it over a long weekend. We can create some kind of excitement and buzz around that we can invite teens from the local community to come in and do it as well with our group. So we're we're working hard to put that together at the moment we're doing some filming with it um we're also going to be kind of doing it with scripture union are going to be helping us do it helping us film and putting some of their stuff in with it as well so that's really cool um but yeah we're having to adapt and there's that kind of there's that conversation where it's like where so much content has been put out since we everything's gone online like do you want do they what people want content that you want do you want more or is it like do you want less and i think We've been, we had like a bunch of feedback conversations with youth workers around the country and um, they're saying, look, we really would like content, but we'd really love something that would like be an experience that we can, we can actually create and do, uh, whether that's in person or, or online. But it looks like this summer we'd be able to do things in small groups outside or um, maybe even indoors in person. Um, so, um, so that's what we're kind of planning for. Um, and then we're just trying to wherever a youth worker needs support, whether that's prayer or whether that's resource or whether that's going and like meeting them for a coffee, that's what we're really trying to do and invest in. Yeah, that's really, really encouraging and um, being able to have to shift some of your stuff. It's, it's definitely the word is, is small groups and micro gatherings, isn't it? So hopefully that'll be able to happen for you. How about you, Amy, in terms of um, any moments of encouragement stories, through the last 12 years and maybe just feeding into that, how do you see Solace Project sort of adapting sort of in the next sort of period of time? Yeah, um, yeah, I think um, one of the, the highlights for me when I think back and um, particularly kind of this time last year, we were trying to figure out how we how we stay engaged and um, one of the, we, we work with young people in prison. Um, so in two different prisons, young people kind of 18 to 24, and we normally go in two or three times a week and run different activities. And obviously all of that was completely shut down and we still haven't um, managed to, to get back in, but um, we just started a, a letter writing campaign, um, which, you know, seems so simple, but back to, to snail mail. So um, the team just took, divided out all of the, the young people prison, sent us kind of a, a long list of names, people we knew and we didn't. Um, and they, they wrote letters um, to them and still we're, we're still doing that 12 months on um, with with different um, young, young people. But I think, you know, it was a lovely way to connect. But also, I think what we realized is what what comes out of that in terms of the conversation or what people might write down um, is really insightful as opposed to what they'll say to you in front of a group or, or in the context of a group. And so there were some really kind of deeper connections built. Um, you know, we young people be ask us um, how it feels to be to be locked down. You know, they're they're the experts. How, how do you feel to be in our shoes? And you know, all these um, yeah different conversations that that got to happen. Um, so I think that was a real yeah 
I guess just a nice piece that got to happen and, and probably something that we will we will keep in some form or another. Um, I think just something I've noticed the last couple of months is, as different things have opened up is young people's appreciation of of the simple things again. Um, like this week, one of our, our team brought a group of 12 year olds to um, the National Museum, um, which, you know, in the past, they would have probably scoffed at and been like, there's no way, but they were so, so excited to go to a museum. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's for all of us, there's an appreciation of, of things that we maybe took for granted. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I would love for that to, to last, but we'll we'll see um and just the the reunions and getting people back face to face has been you know there's been a lot of a lot of joy in that um but another real positive piece i think that that we'd love to build on is there's been a lot more collaboration um with other organizations in in the last year and um i probably in i don't know if that's been you know in, in different sectors but definitely we've noticed that in our community with um different groups and organizations that work with young people there's been a much um, greater sense of of how can we do this together and what bit can I do what bit can you do and um, just this week we started an, an outreach piece with um, there's five different organizations in our area with, with different youth workers all kind of going out and um, together doing that and that's something that's never happened before and it shouldn't have taken um, you know a, a pandemic to, to do that but there's been something about yeah I think how we work has shifted and um, yeah, there, there definitely has been more collaboration and that's something, yeah, I really hope, I really hope continues um, and will be very much um, focusing on. Um, so yeah, I think for us, um, there's lots of change happening within the organisation and there's kind of been some big opportunities for growth and so the next six months is going to be um, yeah, new different pieces of work and programmes that we're taking on. So um, yeah, there's, there's lots of exciting potential. Um, it seems yeah. Yeah, it's it's great to hear it's it's great to hear the simple things like the letter writing and to go to the mm -hmm. natural uh, history museum i always love going there um uh and it's amazing to hear the collaboration i think we've heard of that mm -hmm. in lots of different places and i really pray that that continues i, I hope that yeah. christians work together and don't see it as their thing or mm -hmm. your thing and actually do work together i think that's uh yeah really encouraging to hear um i suppose like when we when we started this conversation it was talking about the the relationships and the people who've had impacts on our lives um we all probably think of particular people maybe you've done that and past year we haven't had those face-to-face -face contacts is there particular things that you could say to the church and i don't mean churches as such but christians um out there mm -hmm. are there particular things of of how the church how christians could serve young people is there kind of practical things that they could do like it's really interesting hearing the the story of the writing the letters like that's it's an amazing thing to be able to do but are, are there particular things that you could say to people, look, these are things that we need to be doing over the next year? If either of you have stuff on that. Um, uh, well, just really simply, I think champion youth workers. Um, and, and that, you know, looks like if there's a youth worker in your church, their job isn't just to look after your teenager. Um, like, uh, just heard someone, some youth worker saying that to me the other day. It's like, I just feel like I've been told that my job is to just look after the teenagers. Um, and it's so much more than that. And so I think youth workers, it generally is more of a job than it is put in the job spec. 
Um, it's definitely longer hours. It's, it's sorry, generally more uh, kind of longer hours than, than it might initially say on the tin. Um, and, and it is a lot more work than people might think. So um, yeah, for me, it'd be champion youth workers, encourage them, pray for them. Uh, even little practical things like take them out for dinner or different things like that and thank them for working with the young people. Youth workers really need it as much as ministers do. Um, and, uh, and as much as we all like, I think we, we all need that. Um, yeah, and then just really as well, just to notice, I think, I think Amy might touch on a bit there, but just the importance of the family system um, and, and how much, how important that is for that to be invested in um, as part of youth work and, and not just like to separate us and, and separate youth work in that, but actually the family system be invested as part of and kind of integrate that a bit more. Um, just kind of thoughts off the top of my head. Yeah, and I think um, on that, like, I, I guess I'm coming at it from a slightly different perspective and that um, the young people that, that I'm working with are not young people within the church, but I think churches can have a huge impact on, on their community. And um, my my challenge or, or question would be who who's already um, in your congregation that are working with young people in, in their world? Is that teachers? Is that, you know, youth workers or is that social workers or, you know, who who's there that, you know, alongside the, the, the youth workers, as you mentioned, who else is there that needs support and, and um, how can the church get alongside them and, and be praying for them and encouraging them? And also what's going on in your in your community and um, what's you know every every church is in a different place as a different context but who um yeah who who's around who's um on your doorstep and and what you know what organizations might be there that you can get behind and support and um join in with what you know there's there's experts out there working with young people is the ways that you can join in and and support those um organizations by volunteering by practical support by you know what, whatever that is and I guess another piece for me is I would love to see more um, Christians train up professionally as, as youth and community workers. I would love for, um, yeah, I would love to have um, more people following Jesus who are, are working in our most vulnerable communities. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, it's, yes, having the heart and the desire for it, but also the practical um, training and um, experience is, is so important too. And that's something that, yeah, if someone is particularly passionate about young people, that would be my encouragement to them that they would go and, and get get trained up um, in that and yes pray 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 pretty really good yeah big ask yeah absolutely that's yeah mm -hmm. the, the really important foundational piece to it all isn't it you know yeah i'm just struck just by listening to you both again how we need your voices in this conversation you know as um as the church emerges from this time as well and whether there's a debate about in you know in in person services online and all of that sort of stuff, we need to be engaging in in this conversation as well. And um, I'm just I'm just curious in terms of how we how we seek to integrate youth um, and the and the younger grouping um, in our churches more. What are the key um, you know, if someone was listening to this podcast who was a leader of a church or a leader of a community group or something, what are the key things that they need to remember when they are engaging with teenagers, young adults in terms of the church? From their perspective, what would you what would you say to a, a church leader in terms of how 
how the perspective of the church is from them and how how to integrate them more into the church. So it's not, as you said, Johan, earlier, it's not just a holding pattern until they become more mature adults. How how do they become um, disciples and, and, and people who are engaged in that sort of piece of spiritual formation now? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. And I'm not sure if I have the answer, but I think a couple of things are jumping uh, out to me. Uh, we did before we started here in Ireland. We did a, a piece of research with Barna Research uh, Group, which is a quite a big research group. They do stuff for like Coca Cola and all sorts of big brands around the world, um, based in the states. They did research here in Ireland. Um, it's called Finding Faith, um, and uh, we, we raised a bunch of money to do that. And it, it was re re really interesting. Um, we have a lot of those findings, but I think for me, the two of the biggest findings, uh, and these are for both uh, young people in church and outside of church. Um, and uh, two of the biggest findings were questions right? like if, if you continued in your faith uh, or have, have an element of faith or have continued on your faith, what were the two biggest, what were the biggest reasons? And the two biggest reasons were um, one, like a, a peer or a mentor who simply asks a young person about their faith. Um, so whether that's a mom or a dad or a friend or a youth worker or someone uh, in, in their kind of age bracket simply to ask them questions about their faith um, was a huge indicator for them to be actually saying, no, this, is, this really caused me to continue on in my faith journey. Another thing was um, going away and, and some sort of experience together with other young people. Um, and you know, so that's for us, we're like, oh, that ticks our box in terms of events uh, and, and, and like mission trips and those sort of things. Um, so for me, when I'm looking at it in the church, I think that it doesn't have to be the most flashy kind of like state of the art youth kind of Friday night thing, like, or it doesn't have to be the most flashy program. But I think what is really important is making sure that young people are being interacted with, whether it's teaching them to have conversations and discipling, about, like not discipling each other, but teaching them to have conversations with each other or having people in their lives or teaching the family to how to have those sort of questions or teaching the youth training of youth workers how to have those sort of questions and simply ask them questions about their faith, like uh, the youth pastor who came into my life did um, in a really normal way, just simply just asking me questions about my faith and encouraging me in it. Um, and then also seeking to resource youth workers to create experiences for young people which are out of their current environment is different so they can get out and there's like, oh, like, you know, you go away to something and you're like, oh, like I'm suddenly able to see everything. Now, why didn't I see all this before? It's because you're out of your current environment and something different. It's a new experience with a bunch of people your own age. Um, so for me, that would be the kind of two areas I'd really say, like, invest in, like, resourcing and tra training people how to have those conversations and questions with young people, whether that's family and integrating into that or youth workers and then trying to create those experiences and resources that. Thanks, Johan. That's really helpful. Yeah, just to, for two practical things. And hopefully the second thing, we can start to do more of that sure, as yeah. the year goes on. Amy, any thoughts on that sort of perspective? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's that that young people are, are first and foremost people and they have lots of gifts and skills and things that they can bring. They're not, you know, as Johan said, they're not people in, in waiting or in in the making they're actually you know living very full lives and have a lot to bring and um, I'm just thinking of you know we my church community group that we've been you know meeting on on zoom over the last year and um some of the young people have been been part of that um in their different families and 
for me, they've been some of the biggest blessings in the conversations I've had with some of them. And, you know, they've been a huge blessing and encouragement to me. And they're not, they're not young people that just need to be, yeah, be minded or be, be babysat by youth workers, but they actually have a huge amount to, to bring and to um, invest in, in the church. Um, so I think, yes, they need a lot of input and, and um, you know, all of those um, things that you have mentioned, I think are so, so important, but I also think they have a lot to bring for us. Um, and I think the church is missing out by not having them up the front, not having them involved in every aspect of, of church life and decision-making and, um, yeah, I think their voices need to, to be brought into, into the center. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think for the, the two of you for sharing some of that, sharing some of the stuff that you've heard and seen and, uh, whether it's, you know, speaking to youth workers around the country, Johan, or seeing what's going on in the center of Dublin, um, Amy, really appreciate you bringing kind of reminding us of, of what's going on there. And I think sometimes I really worry and I, uh, I look at churches and I just see the, the gaps of, of young people in some of those and who knows what it'll look like, who knows what any age group will look like coming out of this. Um, but you do worry. But on the other hand, then I hear, you know, from the two of you knowing youth workers and seeing the stuff that's going on, I really hope that, you know, you know, and as you're sharing that, that picture earlier of the grass, I really hope that that God has been at work there and we will see a new thing. Cause I think it's a really crucial age group and it's not the, the future of the church. It is the church. And I really hope that we see new things happening. We see, people come to know Jesus and, and people lead. Um, so thank you both for uh, for coming on and, and sharing your heart and, and where you're at and giving us things to pray about and, and think about and, and wrestle with. And I really hope that the church will respond and not just focus on whether we use uh, live Facebook or whether we use YouTube or whether we do hybrid or whatever else, but actually try and engage with the, the people, not only young people, all ages, but particularly young people. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Good to chat. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like, or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or online at praxismovement.ie.